0: All right, dads, well, the Stanley Cup Finals could come to an end tonight in Game 5 between the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Today's guest knows exactly what it feels like to hold up Lord Stanley's Cup. Daniel Carcillo joins me on First Class Fatherhood today. Daniel Carcillo is a two-time Stanley Cup champion, former NHL star. He won two Stanley Cups with the Chicago Blackhawks in 2013 and again in 2015. He played for 10 years in the National Hockey League, earning the nickname Car Bomb for his physical style of play. Since retiring, Daniel has become an advocate for survivors of traumatic brain injury. He is at the forefront of mental health care innovation, pioneering novel new therapies for this debilitating condition that took him out of the game. He is the founder of Wasana Health, a data-driven life science company revolutionizing drug development and clinical therapies utilizing psychedelic medicine for mental health care. So if you're a dad out there that's listening, that has a kid that wants to play contact sports, hockey, football, whatever it may be, listen up to this conversation. We're going to jump into all this stuff and so much more. Daniel Carcillo will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Daniel Carcillo was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the two-time Stanley Cup champion and myself, please subscribe to First Place Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, if you guys enjoyed today's conversation and you are a fan of the National Hockey League, go back and check out my interviews with Ken Danico, Kevin Miller, Tim Brent, and quite a few others that stopped by the podcast here. And now that hockey is coming to a close, really all we got left is baseball for the summer. If you are a dad out there that wants to take your kids, your wife, your family to the game, why not save $20 on your tickets? Take advantage of my partnership with SeatGeek. Buy your tickets at SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, and you will save $20 on your tickets. All right, so if you're going to even go to a Broadway show, a concert this summer, save 20 bucks on your tickets use the SeatGeek app or go to seatgeek.com buy your tickets and at the checkout use the promo code first class and save 20 bucks all right be sure you guys follow me on instagram at alec on the lace for all the upcoming guest announcements and as always please help me spread the word about the podcast every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life fatherhood rocks family values rule and every day is father's day right here with me and i'm going to be right back with daniel costillo i'm alec lace and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood.
1: Joining me now,
0: First Class Father Daniel Corsillo. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood.
1: Thanks for having me, Alec.
0: All right, let's start like this. How many kids do you have? How old
1: are they? All right, I've got three children. Austin Wolf is seven years old, uh, Layla is five, and Scarlett is three. Very cool. You all done? You're going for the fourth edition. I'm done. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think, uh, I think it's, you know, obviously three's, threes a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we originally planned for, for four, but, uh, but yeah, I think we're, I think we're toast right now. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. All right. If you could, Daniel, please just take a minute
0: to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do.
1: Of course. Yeah. So, uh, I was, Originally a professional athlete for 12 years, um, played uh, 12 years of hockey, nine in the NHL, won two world championships with, uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks, retired because of traumatic brain injury and the related symptoms associated with concussions. And for the last eight years, I've been a really big mental health advocate, concussion advocate, have uh, tried different types of treatments on myself. Uh, And uh, and advocated for all types of of different treatments and then found something that worked for me uh, and then founded a life sciences company uh, called WeSona Health. And we're going through the FDA with a uh, with a compound that uh, has helped uh, cure my brain over the last three years.
0: Yeah, we're going to jump more into that in just a second here. And, And so if you could just take me back to the beginning of your fatherhood journey, then about how old were you when you first became a dad and how did that experience change your perspective on
1: life? Yeah, so I've always I've always wanted to be a dad, uh, and so it was 2014. It was my last season um, in the NHL, or at least I thought it was my last season. Some of these symptoms are really starting to affect me uh, on and off the ice. Um, my son was born November 2014, and, and then some things happened that year. Uh, so my best friend passed away in February. He was found to have this neurodegenerative disease on his brain, so, like, when my when my boy was born, I already had one foot out the door. I, I didn't really want to be an absent father. Um, and so, uh, in the sense that we're just, we're traveling uh, almost 200 days of the year. So, um, you know, that kind of pushed me to to thinking about getting out. Then Steve passed away. Then I had my seventh concussion in March. So, um, everything just, I think, accelerated when I had, when we had Austin, um, just because you want to be as present as you can. For children and you want to um, be the healthiest version of yourself. And uh so, yeah, I definitely accelerated my, my thinking into taking care of myself.
0: Yeah, very well said. And, and let's jump right into this here then with the concussion. I've had a ton of NFL players on the podcast, uh, other athletes. Uh, I know the movie Concussion came out. That brought a lot more awareness. So I bring a lot of military dads on here. And the thing is, it seems like We do a great job of preparing uh, youth for sports careers and and wanting to be a professional athlete, wanting to go into the military. We prepare them very well to get into the military, but it's on the backside of these things, coming out of professional sports, coming out of the military, uh, where we haven't really prepared so many people to how to deal with all this stuff, whether it be military PTSD uh, or maybe sports with the uh, post-traumatic concussions and all that stuff. So I think both have gotten better in a sense from where we were, but take me through the beginning of your hockey. When did you first become aware of like, this could be a problem for me? Like how much was it told to you as a kid coming up through the system of like, Hey, you got to watch getting these concussions because it can seriously, you know, deteriorate your health later on down the line.
1: Yeah. I mean, there was nothing talked about, uh, not in hockey. When I first started to hear about, it was in 2013 when the NFL, uh, and the players were settling that billion dollar lawsuit. And, even then, like I didn't really want to look at it because, as a pro athlete, um, you know, I mean, the more you think, the worse it is, right? You 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 uh, react a lot, and and I just uh, and the doctors weren't telling us, and I figured I was playing in a billion dollar league. I'm getting the mess the best medical care possible, uh, which couldn't have been further from from the truth. So you know, you start doing your own research, and then you start correlating the hits to you know, the symptoms. And then, um, you know, certain things happen in your life, which could accelerate you making a decision for yourself to step away. But, uh, you know, when people ask me all the time, like no medical professional helped me make that decision, because in hockey, it's still the last the NHL is specifically the last league to admit a link between repetitive hits to the head and neurodegenerative disease. And then I just came across, as you mentioned, a lot of military vets, a lot of former NFL players, um, a lot of female cheerleaders, swimmers, uh, you know, equestrian riders. You wouldn't believe how many communities are affected uh, by, and that's just sport-related. And sport-related is probably the smallest subsection of concussion that of people that get affected. So then you start getting into communities like the the older age community from falls and car accidents and, You just start to realize that there's just a multitude of of symptoms that comes along with getting you know getting a getting a brain injury so and then how do you fix that and there's so little known because you know i can't take you and, and put you in a clinical trial hit you in the head and then give you a medicine to try to or an exercise to try to make you better and then measure that right so um you know going through the system was the medical system with medically accepted treatments was really interesting because Uh, it's all cash you know there's no insurance remunerated services and um it's it's one of the main reasons why the tbi stroke rehabilitation um, medical system is worth 150 billion dollars is because it's lifetime treatment to manage symptoms so when i finally found something that worked it was um it was pretty life-changing for me and i know it's been life-changing for a ton of veterans uh especially with with psychedelic medicine
0: yeah, let's jump into that if we could there, Daniel. Like, I've, I've had uh, uh, Jim McMahon, uh, Super Bowl champion quarterback on the podcast. He obviously suffers through this. He was talking about the CBD uh, mm-hmm. that has helped him through the process. I and mean, it seems like, like you say, you don't know what's going to work for certain people. So one thing may work for someone, may not work for the other what are the things that you tried before finding the psychedelic, the mushrooms? I know I've seen you on the, with Mike Tyson talking about this on the hotboxing. boxing. Uh, what else did you try and then f- how did you get first introduced to this um, uh, mushroom
1: treatment and what's been your experience with it? Yeah, so first I went through diagnostics. So there are clinics that you can go to some of the best clinics in the world that uh, basically measure how your brain's communicating. So concussion isn't on the whole brain. It's on one part of the six different areas in the brain. And so you have to really identify that. So the way that they identify just very high level quickly is is through like a QEG. So they measure the electrical waves of how your brain's communicating and those regions are communicating. They ask you about symptomology because certain symptoms like slurred speech, headache, head pressure, light sensitivity, noise sensitivity lives in very specific parts of the brain. Uh, And then they uh, correlate that to your autonomic system, so your heart rate, because there's usually uh, things that are off there, going from sitting to standing. Some people get very dizzy. Uh, Then they measure your ocular system, so your eyes. Eye brain axis is very strong. Uh, And then they uh, measure your vestibular system, so balance. Uh, and then usually if you're going to the right clinic, they'll take hormone because the pituitary gland sits in a very rigid part of the skull. And then you have a really good picture of of zooming out and be like, OK, your frontal lobe or my lower right cortex, for example, for me, is off, basically just completely shut down. So it's causing these types of symptoms. So why don't we try neurofeedback to bring that to bring that back online? We can try, um, you know, just a lot of ocular exercises, a lot of vestibular exercises using like right left brain, a lot of saccades on a computer. So following this tracking. Uh, So really just, you know, daily exercises. Right. Um, Usually done in a clinic, some at home. And then um, I just couldn't, you know, I had all the means in the world. Uh, These clinics cost ten thousand dollars a week, some of them. So. Uh, who's going to be able to do that? I, so I was getting a lot of comments on social media like, well, great, you're um you're a rich athlete. You can do it, right, which isn't the case, but it's the perception. So then I started to add in things like, you know, float tanks or self-deprivation tanks to help manage my anxiety, started to research hyperbaric chamber and Amir Hadani and his concussion protocol. Uh, I started to do, you know, things like moxa acupuncture. Um, you know, in a very defined way in the brain and stimulating bone marrow because the needles are long enough. Um, I started to, you know, basically just try anything I could to to manage symptoms. I changed my diet. I changed my sleep. Every six months I was taking these diagnostic tests to see if it moved the needle. I did that for five years. You know, um, I spent close to half a million dollars of my own money uh, trying to figure this thing out. And I got to a point where I think a lot of concussion survivors get to, which is hopeless and suicidal, um, you know, slurred speech, headache, head pressure, insomnia, impulse control issues, light sensitivity, auditory sensitivity, short-term, long-term memory loss, appetite loss. I was a shell of myself dealing with all of that on top of anxiety, depression, and suicidal ideation. So when I was suicidal and making plans to take my own life to unburden my family, I got invited to a farm. Um, and somebody said, hey, I think that this could work for you. I said, what? And they're like, well, it's the active ingredient in magic mushrooms. I said, you're, you're crazy. Like, um, but then I started to look at the science, and the science was showing all of the things that I kept hearing in these clinics from the white coats saying that they could help bring my brain back online. And the key is, is this neuroplacid event in the brain. So we all thought that our brain just stops growing at 25 it's not the case uh, so you can reignite it and here was a compound for basically three dollars a handful of mushrooms that i was looking at an fmri and it was turning the right and left brain hemispheres back on it was making everything communicate again on top of that it was flushing out neuroinflammation and it was doing a lot of really great things and i said all right well so i went to this farm i i partook in a, in a large dose ceremony so i did hallucinate you have to prepare and you have to be with somebody that knows what they're doing he was a phd biochemist so I, I trusted that i was in good hands and um and then so i describe it i won't go into the ceremony too much but i did i woke up the next morning i describe it as feeling the way i should so i just had like oh like this is weird i haven't i haven't felt energy in my brain for five years this is this is different and then light sensitivity fell away on the third day on the farm slurred speech was gone almost immediately my need to reach out to my family and get back to my kids and stop isolating and reconnect was there immediately um just i mean pretty rapid onset of 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 these symptoms being lessened in intensity or all but fading away and that was within two weeks and then i kept getting better and I made a regimen with him I know nothing gets fixed in five hours and six months later on a very specific regimen of using CBD and psilocybin on a non-hallucinogenic dose um I retested my brain and I got it back with no abnormalities so then I was like all right <laughs> I need to do something with this and um I founded Wisana and put together an amazing team of people and raised some money and um, I've, uh, we recently had our, our meeting with the FDA on March 11th about, about what this is. And it was extremely favorable.
0: Wow. Incredible stuff, Daniel. And who knows how many countless people could be helped just by this treatment. Uh, so it's awesome that you're at the forefront of this, bringing it to everybody's attention. Uh, so God bless you for what you're doing, but I got to ask you, uh, knowing that everything that you've been through, uh, if, if you had to do it all over again, would you still go through and have a professional hockey career or would you have done it differently?
1: No, man, I, uh, I've had a really good life, you know, uh, I've suffered a lot, but I don't think that there's greatness on the other side, unless you suffer, you know, um, not like, um, you know, it's a very fine line, right? Uh, I'm, I'm in a position now where I can talk to people like you and tell my story specifically because of what I've been through. I would have never gone to the lengths that I went to if I didn't, if I wasn't injured uh, and if I wasn't lied to. Right. And like, there's a really big part of me that for a really long time stayed within anger and frustration and sadness and wanted to, you know, get back at these people that lied to me. And then I made this transition about three years ago. That was just, well, you're not going to change anything being angry and, and pointing a finger. So just go and create, try to, create something but that was based off of the heels of my recovery and i really do believe i'm here for a specific reason and this is this is probably it yeah yeah great stuff daniel i, I gotta ask you then too because I, I get different
0: answers from all the the professional athletes that i asked this to uh with all this stuff it's a, it's a Difficult decision for parents, uh, fathers, whether or not to let their kids play contact sports, hockey, football. And everyone seems to come at this in a different way. What is your opinion here? And with your own children, what do you think is a safe age to allow kids to start playing hockey with contact, football with contact? What's the best age for them to start?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting question because. um, You know, there's something called a mild traumatic brain injury, right? Right. And it's like, so there's nothing mild about a brain injury. Um, so, I let my kids do what they want. Um, right now, the age of, of hitting in hockey's moved up to 13, which is great. Because it's not just the concussions that that affect people. It's the sub-concussive hits. And so, uh, you know, they're not heading the ball in soccer anymore, right? Uh, so, my kid's in soccer. If he wanted to play hockey... I, I would allow him. I, I mean, um, he's not going to play football, uh, you know, unless it's flagged for, for quite some time. So, you know, I think kids need to be active. I think it's um, cardiovascular disease kills more people in this country than TBI. And, and it will for a very long time. So kids need to be active. And, um, you know, I just think you, you guard them against unnecessary risk and um the sports now know these leagues they know that parents aren't gonna sign their kids up unless the the age of hitting gets moved up and so forth so long-winded way of saying um you know my son's not in hockey right now so uh and i've spent my my whole life in rinks but uh he's in soccer he plays you know flag football and he's an active active young boy so so yeah very cool. And how about as far as
0: uh, you as a father here, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style you grew up
1: with? Oh. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I grew up in an Italian household, old school. Right. Um, but I mean, I, I learned so much uh, in the way of like, just attention to detail and respect. And, you know, when you use your words, use your words wisely. Uh, I don't know if I can say the same for my kids right now, Um, but and I and we got we got hit a lot. Right. So. um, I we don't I don't practice that in my household, Um, but as far as like discipline goes, you know, I think it's more psychology driven, where if you do something and I've asked you not to do it, then I'm going to take away something that I know that you like. And and hopefully that'll that'll teach you you know, so, um, and then I try to just have more conversations, right. Uh, with my kids, but, um, you know, don't get me wrong. Like there's times where I yell and, and I, you know, I snap and I haven't, I haven't laid hands on my, I can't wrap my head around like hitting my kids or or trying to hurt them. Right. Like, and I feel like, but I also like, that's there it's in me because it was done to me but I'm kind of stopping the cycle of abuse and, and don't get me wrong. My parents, man, and I'm sure your parents, they were just doing the best that they could with the knowledge that they had. And, uh, it just, I was so sensitive and I'm such a like an empath type of person that I don't think they realized. And thank God I had hockey because it was like the best anger management tool. Um, so as far as the disciplinarian goes, it's, um, you know, I tried to just teach my kids respect and, and have conversations with them and, and and try to talk them through why they can't do certain certain things. Yeah. yeah, very
0: well said. And so where can everybody go here, Daniel, to find out more about what you're doing? If they want to get more details, find out uh, any more information, where's the best place for them to go?
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, Daniel Carcillo 13 on, on Instagram, um, uh, com uh, for, for information on our company, what we're doing with the FDA and across LinkedIn and and all other socials.
0: All right. Yeah. I'm going to drop the links to all that in the description of this podcast episode. So my listeners can tap it and find out more about it. It's important stuff. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Daniel, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening?
1: Um, so something in my career that I kept getting told was, uh, you know, enjoy it because it's going to go fast. And I was always like, okay, sure. And, uh, the first five years, I don't remember the last five went a little bit slower. Cause I started to, I think, think about that, but I mean, 12 years went by like a flash. So when people tell me, you know, obviously sometimes in public, and, and there's a lot of people that for some reason come up to me, Me and my wife and they're like oh my gosh you know they're so cute like enjoy it ours are older it's gonna they're gonna hate you soon (laughs) in a way right or they're gonna be gone uh and you're gonna miss them so like i don't get frustrated when my kids like wanna you know come into the bed at night and sleep and, and these sorts of things and um so one thing that i try to do right now is just really stay present as present as i can in every moment with them i'm not perfect Um, but I'm trying to enjoy, enjoy them as they're, you know, as they're growing up as young, young children, figuring it out. Yeah. Very well said. I love the
0: message. Big respect for what you're doing. Daniel Carcillo, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on first class fatherhood. Thanks, buddy. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to Daniel Carcillo for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please send me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And if you guys are taking your kids to a sporting event or a concert or a play this summer, why not save $20 on your tickets? Take advantage of my partnership with SeatGeek. Buy your tickets at SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app. Plug in that promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, and save $20 on your tickets. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.